Know what to eat, but find yourself not eating it. Perhaps you've been on diets and off again, and just wonder why you can't stick to them. The Eating For You podcast, hosted by me, Sally Ann Pisk, will show you what's been missing so you can enjoy a healthier way of eating that lasts. Hi, Sally Ann with you. Very happy to have Angela Mills, our fitness expert, with us today. Hello Sally Ann, how are you? I'm good Angela and I'm really excited that we're doing a couple of sessions this month on breast cancer because it is something that's definitely dear to every woman's heart and every woman's family. Absolutely. Um, It impacts so many people in our community at various levels, even going through the whole breast screening process and then of course if you are diagnosed and then you know looking at the treatments and And whilst we may understand what women go through, if we've had a family member or ourselves for that matter, there's a lot of practical things that we don't understand if we haven't experienced or don't know someone who has experienced breast cancer. So I'm really keen today, Angela, to talk to you about how movement and exercise can support women through this process of treatment and possibly post-surgery. Yes, I have to say with the women that I've trained over the last, oh gosh, decade or so, I'm finding that increasingly it is something that's rearing its head, so to speak, in terms of women that have been even, you know, fairly fit and active women that are being impacted by breast cancer themselves and having to go through the whole treatment, whether it is even just doing, you know, just having to have a biopsy, having to have hormone treatment or even having even as far as reconstructive surgery. Uh, It is something that will definitely impact on all aspects of a woman's life, including her body and her wellness generally as well. And in many ways, you'd think would have nothing to do with the actual cancer itself, but which is something that women need to be conscious of and also ensure that they're they're considering as part of their coming back to wellness strategy as much as possible. Yeah, and of course, when we look at the impacts of some of these treatments, you know, there's the physical impacts of perhaps feeling nauseous. You know, you may even feel dizzy and not feel like, you know, wanting to eat or to move. And there can also be issues around bowel movements as well. And so exercise can help with some of these symptoms, can't it? Absolutely. And the guidelines in terms of how to, you know, what level of exercise or what type of exercise is appropriate while you're actually going through cancer treatment, it's quite open. And the reason for that is because every woman will react quite differently to it. I've not come across two ladies that have actually responded the same way in terms of what their body feels like, their willingness to actually undertake physical activity when they're going through this as well. And so it really is a a situation where you have to look at each person on a case-by-case basis in terms of what is right for them at this point in time. Uh, There is significant evidence that supports the case for continuing exercise while you're going through treatment. And we know that because, you know, the more you can actually maintain, I guess, the blood pumping through your body as much as anything, the more you can keep movement in your body mobility, the better it's going to serve you in the long term, both in terms of helping to um, uh, cope with you know the symptoms of the treatment as you're doing it, but also to actually give you that head start in terms of recovery coming out of it as well. Like I said, each woman is quite different and, you know, it might sound in practice like, yes, so, you know, I'm going to start my treatment and I'm going to make sure I see my, my fitness trainer twice a week while I'm going through it. But you really have to listen to your body as well through this because that may sound like a very sound strategy. But depending on how badly your treatment is, is I guess, hitting you in terms of your mood, your energy levels, I guess your, your feeling of wellness and being well enough to feel that you can actually cope with physical movement is, is something that you really have to just, just see how your body responds to it and also not put undue pressure on yourself to try and actually 
actually do this as well because you know as much as possible we want to try and minimize stress at this period of treatment yeah. as well and exercise can work for you or against you yeah, yeah and we've talked about it before i know in terms of different things that women go through getting that balance of what i call more active movement and um you know, you know, hiking versus maybe doing a Pilates class mm. or a yoga class, you know, they, they all have their place. But as you were speaking too, I was thinking we need to consider how we bring that joy and that calm and that energy in for our mm. life when our body is going through this change, you know, with the treatments and, you know, some of the hormone treatments can make you feel quite unwell and the chemical treatments as well. You know, going into nature, that gives you something else in terms of well-being so being able to walk in a forest or by the beach came to mind and then also perhaps doing things with friends you know because yes. they can uplift us as well and that's why exercise and movement so great because mm -hmm. you can do it by yourself or if you mm -hmm. feel like you need some support and have a laugh with your friends and family yes. then you can do something with them as well absolutely and as hard as it is at times to sort of get yourself out of bed or out of that chair once you've been up and about for a bit you actually do find that you actually feel better yeah. for it you know definitely yeah. imp improves you know you just don't feel as nauseous you're just yes. going to minimize a lot of those you know worse you know worse sort of symptoms of yeah. the treatment that you're going through and like mm. we said it can be and possibly has to be something that's quite gentle yes uh, so that it is nourishing as opposed to a chore that's know, right or something that you have to do at this point in life you know? yeah and and it's kind of nearly like a transitionary kind mm. of plan isn't it because Absolutely. it's it's yeah. not realistic to perhaps maintain the level of activity if you've been a really active person mm -hmm. through the course of treatment and then of course we'll talk about surgery and its mm -hmm. unique requirements separately but it's yeah it's just something to maintain you through that transition to when you're returning to wellness after, the, after all the treatments yeah. ended absolutely as much for the, for the psychological benefits as for the physiological ones absolutely yeah, yeah that's yeah. right and just getting out and you know mixing like i said can be good or if mm. you want to be by yourself going into nature is, is really uplifting and we sometimes forget you don't have to drive to the beach or to a national park you know there might be a park or somewhere close mm. by or even your own garden you know mm. if you've got a tree that you love and just stepping out on a nice day in the sun Mm -hmm. um, just makes you feel so much better regardless of you know what the toll of treatment is on you absolutely uh, we will talk a bit about what type of exercise you should do post-treatment to bring yourself back but just before we get on to that I do want to mention that um, there is a lot of evidence also supporting women that have been exercising regularly prior to a, a breast cancer diagnosis uh, tend to also have a real head start in terms of how well they can actually um, come out of the treatment there's evidence that says that the symptoms are probably not felt as severely as for women that are not 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 as I guess fit or not as active as well, and it also means that the healing process in the body is is, uh, is going to also off you know often help to make it a lot quicker, a lot more seamless as well. I think also because of um, having a regular I guess fitness routine, you tend to have a better body awareness going into something like this. It does set you up so that you are much more conscious of what the impact of um, cancer and the treatment is on your body, which means that you're better placed to actually work your way out of it in a way in terms of knowing where you want to go with it and what what feels right and what isn't right yeah it's that mindfulness yes, or right. body awareness isn't that's it right. that when we're more in touch with our bodies we can trust ourselves with with guidance you know Absolutely. i think this is really important whenever we're navigating something with our health that's new it's okay to ask for help you know whether it's through a fitness instructor or your healthcare team absolutely and um, any lady that's um 
going through or has gone through this um, this journey um, knows that you know you having a really good medical team around you as well is really quite important because these are the people that will guide you as much as anything in terms of what is appropriate for you um, as well. It is really good to use this team as a bouncing board for for you know for your recovery and you will find very often what this team will tell you is that get out there get moving as as much as your body will allow you you know at yes. this point in time and it will help you in the longer term to do that yeah and, and certainly you know obviously uh, i'm going to be doing a session around nutrition uh, separately you know for breast cancer but just that as i was saying before you know a lot of medications can contribute to mm-hmm. constipation you know changes in bowel movement and walking and you know mm-hmm. moving the body is really beneficial as well as those dietary considerations that I'll cover Absolutely. separately and well as say that you know different types of treatment whether it's you know radiation operation hormones which most most women will have to do in some form or another they will also have an impact on the body in many other ways other than just your movement patterns um, many of the cancers tend to feed on estrogen mm. so a lot of the hormones that women are, um, are given will are there to suppress estrogen in many cases as well especially for premenopausal women and that will almost have the equivalent of bringing you into what feels like an early menopause for these women so they'll have all the the menopausal type symptoms such as the hot flushes the extra fatigue uh, putting on weight as well which is quite common the losing of bone density which can bring on an early osteoporosis and I actually see many women that are fairly young but still have been pushed into um, an early osteoporosis because of cancer treatment that they've been through and and, and as well as lymphedemia management mm. as well which is a real issue for for many women either because of um, biopsies where you know or the operation where they've mm. had to have lymph nodes removed or because of the impact on lymph nodes by radiation as well. Yeah, so I think it's worth just mentioning, you know, about the lymphatic system, that Mm. it plays a really important role in the body in terms of detoxing and Mm. cleansing um, Mm. the body fluids. And with lymphedema, you know, the sort of symptoms that, you may hear others or you've experienced yourself is Mm. you know the swelling is is quite common you know that um, pain can be Mm. an issue as well so movement's important to obviously reduce that lymphedema from happening but also we have to take care uh, just minimizing any stress on the lymphatic system because if that's being asked to do more, then that can contribute to uh, more of the swelling and the soreness that mm. you might experience. Absolutely. And th- that is probably one of the uh, the big changes to how you approach exercise that uh, you need to consider, you know, post uh, breast cancer, uh, because many women have had lymph nodes either damaged or removed through that process, and that will have an impact on how you approach movement, how even even your mobility as such. Uh, mm. Depending, like for for instance, you know, many women that have had breast cancer operations or even reconstructive operations in that respect uh, will have had a lot of trauma to that area of the body. There will be a, I guess, a repositioning of a lot of fascia, um, a lot of tightness in the fascia, a lot of scar tissue. Um, even muscles that have been moved out of what has been their the usual place of I guess uh, resting resting <laughs> or in, and, in the and body movement. <laughs> movement in the body. So the body will it will come out of this feeling that your movement patterns are not quite as they should. And a big part of actually bringing yourself back to recovery and gaining full movement is to actually really focus on mobility, but in a way that's not going to flare up the lymphatic system because that's where you start to get a lot of pain a lot of swelling and look other things can bring it on as well such as I guess infections you know cuts bruises um, that sort of thing as well so getting that sorted is very important before you actually start trying to load that part of the body 
with strength training. So it does mean that you know you have to really be you know, treat quite carefully in terms of returning to movement and to exercise. And that's where you know doing some one-on-one training is is highly recommended. I would say because you really need to have that awareness. Well, how do you just not stress this body? Yes. You know, yeah. um, you, know you may have been able to churn out a hundred push-ups, but we may say that push-ups are off the table for the time being. And when you start back, you may be starting just against a wall and seeing how your body recovers after a few days before you start adding a bit more load or adding a bit more difficulty to certain moves, um, you know, rather than just going out and starting to lift weights above your head or anything that's going to stress that part of the body. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and I think it's really important because we don't all study anatomy and we mm. don't understand, you know, the layers of the body. And you mentioned the fascia, mm. Angela. Can you just help ladies explain what the fascia is and why that becomes a problem perhaps after reconstructive surgery? Yes, um, fascia is essentially the connective tissue which um, runs right through our bodies and every organ and every muscle. And if you if you look, have a picture of, say, a piece of steak as, as to look at, you always see it's that white area around the, um, you know, sort of the meaty part of, of the, um, I guess, the, the meat. Um, so essentially it's what really surrounds our muscles um, yes. and everything. And what this fascia does, essentially it has an element of elasticity to it. So quite often when we feel tightness through our body, it's not the muscles, but it's the fascia that can be mm. quite tight. Now what things do add, um, and when it's, the fascia is moving quite well, and there's, and there's certain moving patterns through the body that fascia moves in, and, there's, and that's a totally different subject again. <laughs> but what essentially happens is when we're moving, our fascia sort of stretches and then moves back again. And the fact that we can move in certain directions and not others is largely as a result of how our fascia, you know, the I guess the, the direction of the fibres in the fascia and how, how flexible they are and how not. Now, a few things will um, make fascia a lot, um, I guess, tighter and denser, um, and that's uh, lack of hydration in the body. Mm. So when we don't have enough fluid in our body, our fascia gets quite dry, I guess. You can almost mm. say it almost brittle-like mm. in that it doesn't have that, that give. Um, very similar to how our ligaments as well will, will move. And so we're more, we feel tighter in our body. We have restricted movement. And that's one of the things when people come back after operation, because they haven't had that same movement through their body, the fascia gets quite tight. In fact, mm. as we get older, we wake up in the morning and we feel a little bit stiff. And often that's the fascia stiffening up, uh, which also happens with age. But as we start moving again, we start to get movement back in it. Now, when we've had an operation, um, there's a lot of scar tissue, and usually that is the fascia where it's knotted back together. But it's almost like it's got, you know, it's knotted in a way where it's lost that, that elasticity in that point. And that's why we just don't get that fluidity of movement. Mm. And a, l- a little bit of massage will often help, mm. you know, if you, if, with, you know if, if it's a part of your body where it, it lends itself to massage. But more often than not, um, you have to be quite controlled and just do um, really start working on your mobility, trying to get that range of movement back gently, um, but in a way where you're sympathetic to the fact that the fascia is not going to bounce back in a week or a month or six months. It's something that you're just constantly having to um, you know, work at in a controlled way to try and get that movement back. Mm-hmm. And you can't really start doing serious strength work until you get that range of movement back again or back to the point where you know that this is how far it's going to come back to where, I, where it was before. Yeah, no, thanks for sharing that because I think there's so many misconceptions around flexibility and yes. all of that as well. You know, mm-hmm. we think, oh, you know, I'm not very flexible because my muscles are tight or my yes. ligaments are tight, but it's everything. Absolutely, and often on it's not. And often you find that with hamstrings, people say, I'm really tight in the hamstrings or I feel really tight in my lower back. 
Mm. And the reality is there's the muscles, you know, quite often it's not the muscles that's the issue. It's the fact that our fascia is really quite tight and it's not, and more flex, more stretching is not going to help that. Mm. In fact, quite often you need to strengthen that area of the body mm. because then that'll actually just get a lot more movement happening through the body mm. as a result. And that extra movement uh, is what's going to actually yeah. help that fascia release a bit. Yeah. yeah, and I think that explanation, Angela, just then just sort of, put up the flag for me saying this is why we need to get expert advice because mm. even though we may know our body's tight we don't mm. necessarily understand whether it's the muscles whether it's the fascia you know yeah. whether it's some arthritis you know like this is where we need help and uh, I think that's uh, really important as part of the process recovering from breast cancer that's right mm. and just a few other things um, you know is you know just making sure like we said you have gradual uh, progression when it comes to movement um, always and how you start your workout as well when you've um, once you've had some um, you know lymph node removal it's quite important to make sure that you do go through um, a mobility I guess little warm-up you know which is a lot more pronounced than what, we, what it would be for the general population mm -hmm. so that you do actually get the mobility right before you actually start to you yeah. know work on strength that's right yeah because we want to progress. We don't want this sort of stop-start mm -hmm. reaction, which can happen in any exercise program, let alone when you're recovering from yeah. surgery. And, treatment. And, and that's whether you're going on to do a more aerobic type of exercise or whether it's more of a strength-focused exercise as well. And speaking yeah. about aerobic exercise, again, that's an area where you really want to start back gently. You want to make sure that you're not going in for, um, if you've been a runner, you know, you may need to actually take a break from that and really start with more low impact work and then slowly build your body up to that point of going back to running because you don't want to add unnecessary stress to your body too early. Again, it's the hormonal imbalances that breast cancer brings on as well that can also really throw your wellness in other ways so you really need to be looking at a de-stressing aspect of anything you do and if and if you know high energy exercise is causing more stress rather than positive endorphins into your body you need to assess whether this is the right movement for you today yes yeah. and each day will be different you know that's right yeah. and and this is where it's great to just take a new look at it uh, at any stage of our life but especially mm. when we have been through a treatment or operation for anything but especially yeah. this combined yeah. uh, treatment and operation for breast cancer yeah mm. and you know cancer in general especially you know if you do have to have radiation and chemotherapy operations um, it adds a lot of stress to the body and in the long term you really need to you know work extra hard to try and you know build your wellness and your fitness back again because you are immunocompromised as a result of what you've gone through which yeah. does add a bit more vulnerability for you going forward so you bring yourself back to that level of wellness as well as you can is really important for your long for your long-term health yeah and and this is where um, I know from an eating perspective ladies really appreciate the mindfulness approach because we understand that it's just taking these little steps mm. and you start to notice change and too often in the health industry it's like do something and get instant mm. results. This is not what we're talking about today. We're talking about this investment over long term. Mm. So you are going to get that return of immunity, mm -hmm. strength, mobility, all the things that will allow you to fully engage in, in your life again. Absolutely. And and just get yourself back back, you know, to where you want you know, where you mm. want your life to go as well. Yeah. And as, as and again the as we all know, the mental part of this is very, very important, but you, you do need that physical part yes. of it to help guide the, the, the mental part as well. Exactly. They so work together. Absolutely. They work hand in hand together. And, 
and and again, there's, there's a lot of joy in getting through uh, breast cancer because you know there's, there's nothing like that feeling of knowing that you're in remission and you're moving in the right direction as well. But again, it's it's you've almost got to keep looking at this as an ongoing project now. Like, great, I'm doing better and better. What can I do to yeah. just optimize my health and my and, wellness? And as I think as like I what, going forward. And I think that's what you said earlier too. You know, the importance of the medical and health teams because yes. to help you keep your expectations realistic so you can say yes i have progressed you know and and having those expectations right for you and we're all different so you know someone's you know rehab and return to health can look quite different Mm -hmm. to another woman so we are unique and it's it's doing what we can to nourish ourselves you know through this process and i think it's probably also worth mentioning at this point that you know like we said all of us i would say have have know someone or have a friend or if not ourselves it's someone close to us that's either going through it or has been through it we as friends can help a lot to to assist the person in our life to get through this and and also setting them up to succeed as much as possible in terms of not adding to their stress coming to them with uh, stress relieving interactions you know yes. whether you're offering to take them out for a, a walk or you're going to cook them in a nutritious meal. Just things that you can do to actually help this person on their journey to yeah. back to wellness as well. And it's those little touches, which are that, you know, we all know we should be doing these things. Yeah. And uh, often social interaction is attached to doing things that are not necessarily good for us. Yeah. You know, whether it's, you know, being forced to, you know, party or <laughs> things yes. like that, which you may or may not be in the mood for, but being a good yeah. friend and being considerate of where this person is at and what's really going to serve them best is really important. Yeah, and, and understanding that uh, friends and family going through recovery are going to have good days and days Absolutely. that they're not so good yeah. as well. And and I think what it's always hard is that, especially our, our friend is the one with the breast cancer and they've been the one that's been helping so many people. Yes. Um, we find that, you know, we, we're so used to relying on this person, but mm. it, it's an opportunity to give back, as you were saying, and to support them mm. and to also allow them to step back mm. from that revolve of supporting others and be you know, well looked after by others. It's their turn, basically. Absolutely. Turn, turn I mean, to give yeah. back. Mm. That's right. Absolutely. You're there to also help release their stress. Mm. And, you know, it could be a work colleague, you know, in the work environment yeah. where, you know, there's a lot of undue stress in work environments due to personalities <laughs> more than yes. the, the actual work itself and, and doing yes. things where you're, you're perhaps yeah. sheltering that person from unnecessary yeah. unrequired stress and things like that as well will help a lot yeah. as well. And as we all know, not all breast cancer journeys end well as as well but regardless of the stage the person is going through is close to you there are things that you can do which will actually help them have an element of ease of ease of mind as well and just to just just meet them where they're at yeah because you know everyone can need a friend but then you need to just be yeah. i guess savvy enough to know what you yeah. can do as a friend there are times to leave the person on their own because they just need that peace and and the alone time and then other times when you can yeah. actually yeah. you know help just to bring a bit of joy to their day yeah and i'm glad you raised that angela because we we can't ignore our need of support through this time as well mm. when we're supporting someone who may be terminally ill mm. and and reaching out for support for ourselves uh, mm. so we can bring our best to support our friend who's who's going through this process it's really looking after others but always remembering we have to look after ourselves if we don't look after ourselves we can't be of help to others who need us as well yeah that's that's 
I timely can, reminder. I can only, I can only nod in agreement. I'm just <laughs> nodding here. That's what I was about to explain my laugh because Angela was nodding, nodding at me. And I'm thinking, oh, it's a podcast. I should say something but instead of nodding. But yes, I mean, there's not much I can add to that. So, yeah. 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 Angela, thanks so much for, you know, explaining some of the... Uh, ways movement and exercise can support us, uh, you know, through breast cancer treatment, but also surgery and beyond. So we welcome your expertise as always. And if you want to uh, make sure you keep up with all of Angela's tips and tricks and uh, free offers that she often gives away, then Instagram is a great place to yes, find you. Yes, so uh, my Instagram handle is a fit and fabulous dot online and the fit and fabulous is all spelled out as well you know i've put lots of good, you know good information on there as well you can also contact me from there through there if you wish to and yeah yeah so what can i say thank you for having me on board and yeah it's a very it's a topic that's very close to all of us so i really appreciate that you've um you you know you asked me to be part of this podcast thank yeah. you no thanks angela and i will make sure uh the link to angela's instagram page is included with this episode's notes so thanks everyone for listening and i look forward to sharing with you again next week you have been listening to the eating for you podcast with sally ann pisk if you have enjoyed this episode please copy the link and share it on your Facebook and Instagram pages. And make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any of our nourishing episodes.